All right. Good morning, everyone. I think I think we're live. Welcome to the daily Kofefi demonetization party live stream thing. Woohoo! I don't know what this is going to be, but <laughs> I don't either. But uh, you know, whatever. And I don't even know if really people are going to join because it's unusual for us to do a live stream at this. I guess it's not that unusual to do a live stream at this time, but it's a little bit unusual. And uh, that's right. We can replay it for people. Hold on. Let me put the link out there. Okay. Yeah. Put the link out there. I'll show people the mug while you put the link out there. <gasps> cool. As a reminder, this is the unsafe space mug. The logo's got, it's wet because I washed it. The logo's got uh, this little red thing instead of all the multicolor things here. But, you know, it's a grenade mug. As, as you do, you need a grenade mug. So... That's for apostate level and above subscribers on Subscribestar. So, Carrie. Wait, are we actually streaming live? Because I'm on the channel and I don't see us. Oh, you don't see us? Mm -mm. Mm. I was going to well, try and grab the link. I'm, I will go look on the channel. I think so. It says we're live to me, but maybe we're already shadow banned. So, <laughs> yeah. Maybe get this party started with a shadow banning. I'm kidding. Um, well, uh, I do yeah. have some, um, I have some demonetization news to share with you. So, oh, excellent. That that will be part of the discussion. <laughs> yeah, it says we're live now. That's insane. Um, yeah, I'm I'm here right now as a um, viewer and subscriber. And let me show you what I see. Yeah, uh, Herman says we're live. Spock's mom really? says I see you. Oh. Um, What's wrong with my YouTubes? <laughs> it's just you, Carrie. It's just you. <laughs> That's crazy. It's not here at all. Look. And, and Herman. Got oh, wait, there we are. There we are. So want me to share with you? I thought we were going to, I thought the demonetization thing was going to be a joke. Do you want me to share with you? <laughs> I attempted to go through, you have, I like individually hit monetize on a bunch of old videos. Yeah. Would, would you like to see them? Yeah. Ready? Here we go. This is you're gonna see. This is uh, behind the scenes, everyone. You get to see oh, comment behind number, the counts, and all the fun stuff. Ready? So I hit monetize and limited. Monetize, limited. Monetize, limited. This one's on, but as I was hitting monetize and going down, scrolling down this, every time I did it. It was like there was a bot following me, limiting, 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 limiting. <laughs> so, they're all the, the answer is that these are not suitable for ads. I looked up the, the rules. You can't have anything controversial or blah, 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 apparently. I guess unless you're CNN. So I assume. Oh, yeah, they can do whatever they want. Shooting. This is, I don't know. We use the word hate facts about fertility. Apparently that's not suitable. Mario Lopez over trans kids, not suitable. Uh, the net, the knitting circle, the social justice warrior knitting circle of hell, demonetized, not suit or limited, not suitable for advertisers. Wow. Um, the Babylon B Snope discussion, Snopes discussion, limited, not suitable for advertisers. Baltimore, limited. <laughs> Guns don't kill people. Authoritarians do. Limited. They hey. like the show Bob about Mueller. They like talking about Mueller. They That's might not cool. know what saying about Mueller, but they like that one. They left limitization on or monetization on there. So, but that's what the whole page is like. Look at this. There's of this first page, there's 30 videos and two of them are monetized. One of them, I will forgive them for not monetizing because there was a copyright claim, um, which I didn't dispute. It, it doesn't matter. We, we used a clip of something. And so, that's ineligible. So we'll say of the 29 that are eligible, two are fully monetized and the rest are limited. So it really is a demonetization party, Carrie. That's fantastic, I guess. I mean, we knew we knew it was going to happen. It's just, that's funny how fast it works. It is cool to see behind the scenes. Um, I'm standing up because I've got to post these links real quick. I'll just tell people we're here. That's fine. That's but, fine. Um, but yeah, I was impressed at, uh, I was impressed at how quickly we were limited. Um, and it was kind of fun to do because it did feel like a bot was chasing me. It would be like green, 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 and like orange would start to trickle in. What, so what are some of the other ones that they didn't have a problem with yet? 
Well, uh, here I can pull it back up. <clears throat> Let's see. The, the this one they didn't have a problem with this one sideshow Bob. All you need to know about Mueller, which I guess okay. Um, Carter and Kerry reluctantly talk about Mueller's lackluster congressional testimony. So I guess that one was okay. And they allowed Google Stonewall's Ted, Ted Cruz. That was the other one they allowed. Um, Car Carrie and Carter walked through Ted Cruz's questioning of Maggie Stanfill, an apparently random employee with no information. Good, and I'm fine with that. Well, so how, what does limited mean? We don't get to monetize at all on that one? No, it just says not suitable for running ads, but we like if there's people using YouTube paid we get paid somehow but basically yes we don't get monetized i mean yeah so this is why we're not relying we were never relying on youtube but here I, I think i monetized the next page um so on the next page we have we have a few more on on the next page we've got reparations for racists that's limited but politics and whiteboard privileges on Google's mind control experiment, the $770 billion mind control experiment, limited, not suitable, because it's about Google, I guess. I don't know. Your dramatic reading was limited. It might be language. Some of it might be language, honestly. Um, let's see. Well, then your video about With Rachel Fulton Brown about Milo was limited. Oh, of course. They hate her and Milo. I'm sure if you just have Milo or anything Milo related, you Right. Um, well, then, if it's language, your your video about trans kids, it's not just the subject matter because you were you were pretty <laughs> incensed. Yeah. In fairness, there it could be language. It could be that if you use if you drop the f bomb, f bomb, you you don't get monetized. I don't know. Maybe I should test. We should talk about some controversial subjects and and not swear, which I understand is difficult for stupid people like me, but I'll try. Um, I need to resort. To, I have a low vocabulary, limited vocabulary, so I need to switch to swearing. But <laughs> anyway, I do feel better. Yes, Laura, I feel better that we're we're censored. I feel like this means something. So it's it's good that we're censored. Well, it just, I mean, I don't feel one way or the other about it. I just, I knew it was going to happen. So they 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 put any. I mean. Philip, who's that guy that doesn't really do anything political at all that they put in the the cover of the New York Times and said he was a... PewDiePie? No, PewDiePie too, but uh, Philip DiCarlo, is that his name? Oh. That guy? I mean, they yeah, put Spock. anyone in this category. Spock says she, Spock's mom says she worried, worried warned me about my potty mouth. I know. Yeah. I, should, I, should, I should dial it back. I'm not like philosophically against swearing, but I do think it is lazy. So I should dial the swearing back. Um, also, yeah, sometimes I think it's necessary, but sometimes it is very, it is lazy. I get it. Um, yeah. Spock's mom keeps saying in the comments, um, other videos, she's asking if you would please straighten your painting. <laughs> kind of, it's, is it straight? I think it's for the angle of the camera makes it look unstraight. I think it's straight. I will get a level <laughs> out though and fix it. Okay. Um, it, it looks lined up with the bookcase sort of, right? Maybe a little bit off. I will, I'll fix it. Um, I, you know, I don't know. We, we didn't really talk about what to do with this show too much, but I have some ideas and some of them are kind of what we're doing now, Carrie, which is kind of going through some comments um, and just talking about some stuff people wanted to talk about. We're not really doing much to celebrate. I guess I'm drinking tea to celebrate our, our demonetization. That's well, I'm I'm still posting the link everywhere, but I'm drinking coffee out of my smiley face mug because it's a party. Yeah, you know. need an unsafe space mug. Why? Yeah, I need to get you an unsafe space mug. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to clarify. So, in the spirit of going through comments, I want to clarify. There's one that comes to mind um, that someone brought up yesterday. Yesterday, we yesterday was a heavy subject, and I know it was depressing, so we won't linger on it. But I did talk about. Um, statists versus non-statists and i think someone misinterpreted something that i said you have to pay attention because i think i did clarify this i don't think we're splitting between statists and non-statists i think we're splitting between people who want status quo and less government or more government which includes non-statists and some statists in i think it's a directional thing 
Um, I still believe that viewing statism versus non-statism is, is the right way to view politics generally, not left versus right. Um, so I'm, I'll stick by that. But I was not implying that everyone who is not on the radical left or radical right, right is necessarily a libertarian or needs to embrace libertarianism. I'd love to be able to have the argument with other people who want things to get smaller or to not increase. Um, that would be a fine discussion to have, right, among those people. And, and to be able to exclude like the radical Marxists and the literal Nazi people who want, you know, authoritarianism. So that was my clarification. Carrie, are you done posting around? Yeah. Okay. I just put it on Facebook and YouTube. We'll do the others later. It's too much. So I, people are on chat, by the way, I'm happy neat. I'm happy to field any questions as well. We can talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, Who's already reading 1984? We have to come up with a date. It will give people a month. That, it's, that seemed to work well, the month. A month is good. It's not that long. Um, and it's a quick read. So a month is good for 1984. And we'll pick a day. And our book club will tell us if that was a good good time. Um, hey, Leah. <laughs> oh, look at this guy. Okay. This guy says, I'm- Are you going to be in next time? Are you going to you gonna join the discussion? Or are you going to leave it to your better half? So- This guy says, I'm a Republican and you're opening my eyes to my bias. I now step back and ask, why do I think that? I love that. I love that we have viewers who are Republican and we have viewers who are Democrats and we have liberals and conservatives and all in between. And it makes, that makes me very happy. That's what I would love to see is just people who are, we can disagree on, we can disagree on anything pretty much. If we have a, if we have shared, like a shared foundation, which I think could be very broad. I mean, it's just a basic, what, what would you say our shared foundation is Carter? It's a belief in individual liberty. I mean, I would say fundamentally the differentiating factor between us and the mainstream is our belief in the freedom of speech and the ability to like talk things out without beating people over the head with bricks or bike right. Block. right. The ability to free speech, civility. I believe in civility when possible so that you can actually get somewhere when you're discussing. Um, Nicole is here. She says, sorry, I'm late. They didn't give the time in mountain Nicole and her, her marginalized <laughs> mountain standard time people. <laughs> uh, is that an intersectional identity? <laughs> Not yet, but look, she's trying hard to make it one. Yeah. <laughs> nice job, Nicole. Um, um, I did see something Nicole shared this morning about Colorado. Oh, talk what about Colorado? Um, you know, Colorado basically passed this, they voted for this thing, uh, or they didn't vote for it. The, the, their legislators passed this thing that said they were going to, they were just going to go with the national popular vote from now on. So if, if the, if the voters of Colorado select candidate A, but the national popular vote goes to candidate B, then Colorado would give all their electoral votes to candidate B. Right. And so today I saw she shared something that was, uh, that, that the, there's an overwhelming number of people who, uh, was it a petition, Nicole, or was it, did they vote against it? There was something that, like the people basically spoken and said, no way. Like you're well, not I mean, we've talked about this before. There is a movement to kind of undermine the electoral college and, and I'm not a lawyer. Uh, although someone in our chat might actually be a lawyer, but, uh, I won't call them out, but, uh, it's my, me, guys. my it's me. Of the constitution is that I think we can, I think states are allowed to do that. I don't think there's anything that prohibits them from assigning their electoral college votes, however they damn well please. So I don't yeah, think- I agree, but it, may, it is still, I think it's a, it's that thing we go back to. Could it, is it legal? I guess, but should it be? I mean, should it be, is it moral? Is it right to do? I don't think so. Well, that's a weird question to ask in this case because we're talking about a legal procedure. So like- you could ask the whole question, is the electoral college moral? Is, is is democracy moral? Like you could start getting into really, if you're going to question that, which which I'm all about, let's have the discussion. But uh, yeah, this is a, a particular like legal technical thing. Um, this kind of carried, there's a big subject that someone brought up earlier and I kind of shied away from talking about it because I think 
I don't want to give like a big episode uh, long lecture. Uh, wait, wait, can I interrupt you just one second? Just to finish up that issue, Nicole clarified and said, in Colorado, we, we signed a petition to get the issue on the ballot. So at least we can vote on whether to get rid of the electoral college. So were now, they without that? Were they going to just? They were do just going to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry, Nicole. Californians are coming. We'll ruin it for you. Um. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, no, no. I um. Someone the other day. Let me actually. So we have a little document that people were contributing to for a while. That was. Uh, like topic brainstorm. And we, I think we used a couple of the topics for a few Kofefi shows. Um, there's still a couple that I want to do that are on this list. Um, but someone asked, I, this is a huge question, Carrie, this, but I, we might as well talk about it today. What's the ideal political system and why now? Oh, a little a light, lighthearted discussion at the, on that. a little lighthearted discussion at the party, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Carrie, what, is, what is your, I'm not going to answer that oh, question, but I will on. tell my evolution of where I stand and why Carrie, but why don't you answer it first? I mean, honestly, I feel, I don't want to answer it. I think, I think it's boring. You know, yeah, I mean, no, but you think a lot <laughs> boring. <laughs> I mean, not, not that it's boring. I think it's right now this morning, we're having a party. I'm eating delicious breakfast. Oh, so you don't think it's a good question. Well, it, all right. You we tell won't, me. We'll talk about it. If we don't want to, we can talk about other no. stuff. I'm curious about what you think. I don't have strong, I don't, I don't, yeah. You, I would just be speaking out of my ass if I said something. So you tell me what you think. Well, um, I can tell you how my thoughts have evolved. That's about all I can tell you. Okay. Um, I'd like to hear it. My, uh, oh, geez, where do I start? I shouldn't have brought this up because I haven't thought about how to articulate this. <laughs> so, um, I started questioning, so collectivism as an ideology, not like, I know when I say collectivism, a lot of people think like, oh, that's like overt stuff like Marxism and redistribution of wealth and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, the collectivism as like a philosophical concept is really, really pervasive. And uh, I, there were two things that I noticed that were lies that I was being told early on in my life. One was the concept of public good being a valid philosophical concept in any way. Um, and two is equality. Um, and what I'm, what I mean by that isn't equality before the law or moral equality, but I mean the idea that people are equal. Um, you know, when I was really young, I wanted to play basketball, but I a, a short white kid with no coordination. And I realized that no matter how much I practiced, I, I basically was never going to play professional basketball. And that's a very obvious um, obvious difference, but not everyone is equal in the sense of equivalent. People aren't equivalent. They may they have some moral equality if you want to talk about like on a spiritual level how you treat them, but they're not equivalent, which means outcomes will be different. Um, and which but also means they have different desires and different things they want. And so that kind of led me towards in individualism. And the other thing was this, this realization that public good is, um, public good is a farce. There's no such thing as the public. And because I had a lot of empathy, I, I know people that call me a Nazi and a horrible person will be shocked that I'm claiming that I had a lot of empathy, but I, I was a very empathetic person early on. And I really related to people who, uh, were being unjustly treated in some way or had something unjust happen to them. And it was very clear that often that was done in the name of some greater good, um, of some public good somehow. And so um, those two things led me down the road of asking the question, well, what is the proper, for like what, like all these things are used to justify government, like, oh, the public good and the will of the people and this and that. And once you start asking questions like why, like why is that the right thing? Um, it turns out there's no good answer. All that stuff falls apart really quickly. And even if you start looking at some of the underlying, quote, smart philosophy underneath it, it's it's pretty weak. And once you start asking those questions, I think you end up, then you start down this road of like, well, you know, if 
if might doesn't like if if what's right isn't the majority, then why is democracy good? And like if there is no such thing as the public good per se, then like shouldn't we be focused on individuals? And so then I went down a path of like, okay, what's the right system to protect individual rights and what are rights really? And what does that mean? What does it mean to have a right? Where do they come from? And then you get into natural law and blah, blah, blah. And eventually I came to the libertarian position. And then after that, I kind of came to this extreme, more extreme ANCAP position. But I would, I would argue that, uh, I would argue, I know guys mock me. I would argue that, uh, I would argue that <laughs> politics is an emergent property of culture. Um, so it, you can't argue for politics that the culture doesn't support. That would be my argument. Oh. Um, but yes, I am like to set a party. You guys can mock me. That's fine. <laughs> but you know what? Okay. I'm when I go to a party, I find people like Lou, who's also in chat, and we go into the corner and we have really interesting discussions, and you guys talk about reality television. So that's not true. I don't talk about reality fine. television. No, I'm I'm oh. often like this at a party as well. It just depends on the question. It just depends. Different people are into different nerdy discussions about different things. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm the guy at the party that's like. Does nobody want to talk about Marxism? <laughs> like, <laughs> we, I can talk about Marxism, but but my I I want to like I want to underline one thing and then I'll be done. I do think that politics is an emergent property of a culture, so you can't have a lot of these people that are like, well, the Constitution says this and the law should be that. All of the everything written on a piece of paper is completely irrelevant because people will ignore what's written on pieces of paper if it doesn't fit the culture. So that's why I don't think the answer to solving anything, I know there's a lot of constitutionalists who are like, well, all we have to do is fix the constitution in this way or change the law that way or adhere to the constitution. That doesn't happen without a culture to support it, which is why you have to start at like philosophy and culture to make a change. You can't just make legal changes because people ignore what's written on pieces of paper. And if you don't see, I mean, that's just obvious. Look at, just look at, look around you. Look at how, look at all the violations of the Constitution, and and um, it, I think that's pretty obvious. I had to get up there. I had a dog emergency, but um, I mean, I, I agree. See. With, it's okay. I, You've heard this before. Talk I know. About something I, else that people. This is the party. It's not just a party with me and Lou. So talk about something else. <laughs> uh, uh, Spock's mom wants us to get out some of old SJW papers and shred it. No, no. <laughs> Because they're they're great resource material. They're fun to read. So crazy. That one that you had, what was it called that we were reading? Scum? Scum Manifesto. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a crazy book. But but even that one paper I found that uh, I sent you that I was going through some of my old coursework from women's studies. And this is from 20 years ago, guys. And it was kind of eye-opening to look at it now. And yeah, I want to, I, at some point I want to spend some time going through all of that stuff and just find some really choice things to, uh, to talk about. But the one, the paper, anyway, the paper I found was just some random paper. I didn't spend a lot of time looking through it, the box. I just pulled something off the top and it was a, a paper about from a women's studies class about sexuality, sex and sexuality. And in it, it, it was basically arguing, um, uh, you know, it is, but why is it just, is it, is our uh, are we against pedophilia because it's just a social taboo? Age is a age is a social construct kind of thing. Twenty years ago, they had they were pushing this in my women's studies class. It's kind of crazy, but, but sorry, I'm I'm respond. I'm looking at comments now for stuff that people want to talk about. And someone wrote about you on the very first episode uh, that you and I did. Someone wrote, who is this delightful woman and where can I find more of her work? And so I had to say, uh, the delightful woman's right here. Join us. Um, uh, is that a recent comment? Huh? Yeah. Well, sometimes people find old shows. Um, so. <sighs> I'm really happy that this, this show evolved the way it has. It's, um, yeah. And uh, I'm, happy, I'm happy that people seem to like it what we're doing and the book club is making me very excited because now I have reason to finish all these books that are on my list you know yeah it's, it's nice to have people to read with because you know you're gonna have a fun discussion at the end it's not just you that's kind of cool 
it's good. It's good to have people to hold you accountable to, to read stuff. Cause a lot of times you can just forget about it. Um, Carrie, you've got a question. Have you read professing feminism? I've not. Uh, it's a critique of radical feminism. No, I haven't read that. I want you to check it out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, so the, while a lot of this stuff I think is fascinating, I'm now, I'm going to waffle now because I just said, don't shred it. And now I'm kind of like, I, I don't know. It's also just all the same. It's just all the same. It's the same screaming craziness. The scum manifesto was just shorter words and more emotion than the more academic papers, but it was the same thing as everything else. I haven't heard anything new from the feminists in a long time. Other than that, waxing balls is not good, but that's a separate separate issue. What's the last book that you read outside of book club that you really enjoyed? That I really enjoyed? Um, I really liked The New Right by Michael Malice, which I just read recently. Oh, great. Yeah, I've heard a lot about it. But It's an awesome book. Uh, and he's a great Twitter troll. So, uh, I enjoy watching him troll people. He can be an ass, but I think that's part of being a Twitter troll is being an asshole sometimes. But, well, yeah, you know, I've heard that he's an ass, but, um, the, yeah, my, I, don't, I don't care what he's like personally. Yeah. I'm just saying the book, I don't, I don't know him, but the book is great and he's a great Twitter troll. So I do recommend, I would recommend that. What about you? What have you read recently? That's not in book club. It's one that I've mentioned, but um, uh, this one here, Love Your Enemies by Arthur Brooks. It was very good and it's a pretty short read and you might recognize him. He had a, a video that went viral from the, the Kennedy School where he was talking about growing con growing compassion for one another instead of contempt. And and he basically is making the argument that our political, th this, this crazy insane polarization that we're seeing right now, which is the worst it's been since the Civil War, it's like it the problem is not that we disagree the problem is that we have contempt for one another and he brings in a lot of different interesting studies and stuff he talks about um divorce therapists and and things and how he kind of uses that as an analogy how the the thing that is going to kill a marriage is not differences or even lies or even um you know, bad behavior towards one another. What kills, what, what means that he's like, if you look at the ones who make it through therapy and, the, and then survive and the ones that don't, the ones that don't had contempt for each other. It's like the rolling of the eyes, the right. curling, it, curling of the lip. Yeah. Often, which is why you got a nip resentment in the bud. Yeah. By the way, someone suggested starch, the untung hero of the commercial laundry industry. It sounds like a fascinating, fascinating book. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I assume that's, uh, that that's Artema's uh, most recently read book, not part of the book club. <laughs> you joking? I hope so, but you know, uh, if Lou and I can enjoy conversations in the corner about philosophy and politics while you guys are having a party, then Artema can read about starch and... Uh, and enjoy it, but I think it's a joke. I think it's a joke. Um, oh, and then also this one, which I talk about a lot, and we read this, so the people who were in book club before it became Unsafe Space Book Club, um, we already read this together, but I would love to do it as a, down the road, not next week, but down the road, at some point, I wanna come back to this book, The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. It was just amazing, and I think about it all the time in relation to a lot of discussions. Yeah, it's on my, it's on my bookshelf. Um, I'm also, you know, a book I just got, which is sitting here. What? I sound nerdy and boring, but Dr. Rachel Fulton Brown convinced me to start. So I need to learn a lot more history and, but I don't want to read summaries. I want to read like actual history, like from the people that were there. And, uh, I got this, this book. It's, uh, I know it's going to sound boring, but it's history of the rise, progress and termination of the American revolution but it's by Mercy Otis Warren who lived through the American Revolution and wrote it. She wrote it like- That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound boring. Um, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, so I know that's a little bit nerdy, but I need to catch up. I need to brush up on my history because I, I really, 
I was more of the engineering math kind of guy in school. So history wasn't my thing. Yeah. I wish I'd taken more history. Um, uh, Laura asked, can she see it? I guess she means the book you're talking about. Oh. Um, Nicole says she recommends she's taking a break from heavy topics and reading Where'd You Go, Bernadette? And it's hilarious. I should check that out. I haven't heard of it. Nicole, this should be on the screen right now. So you should, there it is. Mercy Otis Warren is the woman's name. Cool. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm also reading The Last Closet, which is really disturbing. Um, What's that about? It's about... Uh, oh, is it about priests? No. Okay. It's about the science fiction industry. And... That little it's girl? About basically looking the other way and or lending tacit, sometimes explicit support to pedophilia. Um and it's disturbing. If my friend recommended it, uh, I'm having a hard time getting through it because it's pretty disturbing. But um, is it the one that goes over that? I, I know there was a famous um, couple really? who were, yeah, and they had a daughter who they abused. And yeah, she wrote the book. Okay. The daughter wrote the book. I would like to read that book. I, I'm aware of it. Yeah, it's a, it's it's tough to get through, um, but. Whatever. I don't know. What else should we should we go through comments, Carrie? I don't. I, I we didn't really plan on a. Well, I don't. I mean, yeah. We'll we'll do. This is more like interactive. So, what do you guys want to talk about? I mean, why don't we just ask people? There's a lot of people in chat right now. Like, do you have any questions for each other or sixteen people watching? Yeah. Um, yeah. or we can go through comments. Sure. Questions about starch. I have a weird stalker now on Twitter because of the. Uh, because of the podcast. Oh, really? And, yeah, and he messages me out of the blue randomly. Um, he messaged me a bunch of insulting stuff, and then he goes, so can we Skype sometime? <laughs> like, no. That's not talking? how negging works, bro. <laughs> no, and then and then, and then then he got all neggy again, and then I just don't, I don't reply to him. But, but now I'm like, I've, I don't like blocking people, but I feel like it's not even worth it. I don't know. Like Cernovich that you should block immediately when you see people acting in good faith or not in good faith, you just block. Um, Cause why? Yeah. Why wake up every morning and just get that little bit of nastiness in your inbox. Right. Like who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just looking through. How did you meet and decide to start doing this? Lindsay Peterson asks. Oh, Hey Lindsay. I don't know you, but I, your name sounds like I should know you. She's in the comments a lot. Sounds like someone I sh should know. Yeah, you are in the comments a lot. Uh, we met actually unrelated to all of this originally. You were, you and Emily were doing your thing and I was working with Amanda. Remember? Yeah, we met years ago. So Carter and I are, it, an interesting thing happened when my worldview started changing, when I started having this sort of whatever transformation in the way I looked at things and the things I started sharing online were different. And I lost a bunch of friends as most of you guys know, I guess, but I also made a lot of really great new friends. And, um, and then some of my old acquaintances like Carter, I would put you more in the business acquaintance. Oh, we weren't friends. We were just we like friends. business acquaintances who met a couple of times and right. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. And so like most people, I assume like most people in our, my industry, we would just add everyone we met in Facebook because it's all about networking and connections and you never know. And so Carter and I met through the entertainment industry and, and then randomly when my beliefs started changing as I was losing friends, then I started to hear from acquaintances like you, Carter, you weren't the only one people who then became good friends of mine. It's it's a good thing you're gonna burn. What is you're burning off the dead wood? Like don't be afraid of all the friends you're gonna lose because those you'll realize you'll look back and be like, wow, I can't believe I thought that those were, those were strong fr or friendships even like they were so they were based on something not very meaningful, but no, absolutely we met, we and, met that way. Yeah, and I had just started Ante Space, and I was like, I didn't know what to do with it. I thought it was just going to be like an audio podcast. I had like a couple videos. They're kind of crappy. You can, they're probably on the channel. You can go back and look at them, but I wasn't sure what to do with it. And I was really excited about Carrie's transformation. And so, uh, 
and I wanted I wanted help. <laughs> so I was like, let's do this together. So and it just so happened I I would I had been wanting to talk about more of this stuff, and uh, I'd been I had a friend we were going to do a podcast called Unfriended. We have a sample episode which someday we should just release that as like a bonus unsafe space thing. It was called Unfriended, but we never really got it off the ground. And he and and Carter, I. In that in that friendship, it was like I've I I would have needed to be the driving force to get that going. And um, then Carter's like already driving this thing. It's like, do you want to come talk to me about your belief system? Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, and we had some really good conversations at the beginning, and it kind of blossomed. Yeah, because uh, every time we talked on the phone, it was like, why don't we just record this? Yeah, yeah. The, the you know what I really want just to, to the just having this conversation in front of people. I right now you and I are each in our own spot somewhere. Um, aside from being co-located, which would be nice because I think our conversations would flow better. Uh, I'd also like to have, there's a couple people that I'd like to have conversations with that where I'd rather just sit down face to face, kind of like Dave Rubin does. So mm -hmm. eventually I'd like to move towards that. Cause there's been a few people. The other one that, that you introduced me to was Julianne Davis. Like she and I have had like three hour phone conversations. And at the end, I'm like, yeah, you should have just recorded that with some cameras because I don't know what how it ended, but it was really interesting. Yeah, she's brilliant. Um, that would be fun. Uh, hey, I have I have plans now that we're just talking about spitballing, whatever. I have a um, this this old garage. I live in this old timey house, and I have an old timey garage, and I want to turn it into a studio one day. And just I just need to I need to cement the floors. I need to put air conditioning out there and everything. But um, I have these old beautician chairs that my dad brought brought me from South that my grandma was a beautician and she had her own beauty shop in in her house in South Carolina and she, and these old chairs are from like the late 1950s early 1960s and when when my papa passed away last year um my family was like oh we'll sell these but like they no beauticians don't want old chairs I mean in Austin or somewhere they would but not where they live and right. so I'm like can you bring me the when you come with a bunch of stuff, can you bring me those? And I have these amazing bubble head chairs and I have the swivel chair and everything from my grandma's beauty shop. And so my idea is we have a studio and that's the chair. So this, it's like a beauty shop theme. How cool is that? And then yes, you get very masculine. bubble chair. It's very masculine. <laughs> Look, when they go to talk to you, they can sit in a masculine studio. <laughs> we'll have a conversation on the gun range and we can have a conversation in, in beauty chairs. Um, Couple of people asked some questions. One, uh, I'll get uh, Laura. I'll get. We'll get to yours in just a second. But Look, uh, Laura says salon talk. Sorry, salon yeah. talk. Perfect. Okay, go ahead. Um, plans to interview people like Sargon, David Fuller, blah blah blah. Yes and no. Um, so we are. We're always interested in interviewing people that are interesting. So yes, we are pretty small, and so. It's actually hard to get people like Sargon, who has what two orders, three orders of magnitude more followers than we do, to come on to a show to talk to us. Um, so what we've been doing mostly right now is um, is we've been doing we've been taking the opportunity to talk with people who are experts in particular fields, which is why we like I'm in the middle of interviewing in uh, or editing an interview we did with a psychologist. Um, and you know, which is why we talk to like James Lindsay or, uh, Colin Wright and people who, you know, have expertise in particular fields. I'm kind of a nerd. So I like geeking out on that stuff anyway, but yes, if we can get Sargon someday, absolutely. And as we grow, we're starting to, you know, reach out to bigger and bigger people, hoping that now that we're above a thousand, maybe people will look at us a little bit more legitimately. I think the next milestone is probably 10,000 or something. Yeah. But you guys can always, if you have suggestions, no, don't just let us know about them. You can also help by, by talking about our channel in those guys' comments or whatever. Like that helps. Yeah. And certainly yeah. if anyone has connections, that goes without saying, but let us know, right? If you know one of these people. Uh, or even sometimes get. Even just interesting people. I don't really, I mean, I there. it's important to have people with big followings on but it's also important just to have interesting guests. Like I just like, we like talking to interesting people. If you, if you know people we should talk to. Yes. No? Yes. Yeah. Um, the feminization of Carter. I think that's what the beauty salon would be. Spock's mom. <laughs> salon uh, talk. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Laura asked about red flag laws. I mean, I'm I'm pretty uh, principled on most of my stances for things, so I'm not sure I'm the one to talk about red flag laws. I, I'll mention my opinion after Carrie talks, but she'll weigh the pros and cons for you a little bit more. Carrie, what are your thoughts on? No, you you go first. <laughs> my 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 opinion is pretty straightforward and boring. Uh, it it's no one's business who owns guns. So, uh, I don't, I don't want the government involved in any way. And it's, it's naive to think that, uh, they will stay. It's always naive to me to imagine that there's some group of people who are bureaucrats who will be objective in their application of things that have real consequences. So like, oh, I'm sure I'm sure they will only use red flag laws in a completely upstanding manner to remove firearms from people who are actually about to be shooters. I'm sure they will never remove them from people who we just don't like politically. I mean, this is one of the problems that I have generally is uh, you can't, like if you need mental health services, if you wanna go talk to a therapist, because like most people struggle I, I would argue, maybe this is just me projecting, but I'll be honest, I, I did like, we've all gone through, I think, periods in our life where we're, if not outright suicidal, like with suicidal thoughts or like depression and things things not going well. If if you can't go to a therapist and be concerned that your rights get taken away because you want to talk honestly about what you're feeling, uh, then you're not going to get treatment that you need. I, I, think it's a, I think it's dumb. And if there's people out there who, you know, can't be trusted with, I mean, there, there are always going to be some people who can't be trusted with firearms, but limiting the rights of everyone else uh, just isn't a solution to me. And I don't like the idea of the government getting involved in, in any of this. Um, so, so I guess, I guess I mostly agree with you actually, I, because look, if you're the, I think we talked about that. We touched on this briefly before. There's already a law that if you've been um, hospitalized against your will for mental health reasons, like if things are that bad. Right. If a court sends you to an insane asylum. Right. Then you're not allowed to buy a gun. So that already, that already exists. Who let's, let's take this hypothetical person that a red flag law is supposed to help prevent getting a gun. Okay. So that person is what having, um, a mental breakdown to such a degree that their family's like they shouldn't be trusted with their own safety or anyone else's. Well, then have them committed like that. Like that's already, I don't understand. It seems like it's, it's um, you're creating an extra law for something that, and you're creating a law that has the potential to be abused. Like you're talking about and the potential to deter people from seeking help. Um when they're already, there's already something there that's supposed to catch that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I, I would, I would say that people, people should be judged on their behavior, and if your behavior makes it obvious that you are a clear and present danger to people around you, then you probably there should probably be some other action taken against you anyway, and if not. Then, then you should have a right to defend yourself, just like anyone else. So, um, you know, I, I do worry about, we already know, just look at how the family courts are used against men, right? And how, you know, people can just claim whatever they want and there's no proof and it can be used to, to vilify one parent, usually the, the father, and to strip them of rights that's what I see red flag laws leading to. And by the way, don't think that those court proceedings in divorce court won't be used in red flag laws. Like, you know, there's, there's the, there is no, the, the, it's, it's a joke to call family court court. It's, it's unjust in almost every way. So it's more like a, you know, tribunal. And so, but those, but they become official legal documents and, you know, they'll probably be used in red flag laws eventually as well. All this stuff will get connected. So. so Nicole in chat says we have them now here in Colorado. Thanks to, thanks to their governors, the same, the same state we were talking about earlier with um, trying to get rid of the, trying to give the electoral votes to the national popular vote winner. Anyway, we have them here. 
She says, I'm betting something blows up over it on January 2nd. It's tearing the state apart. Lots of vindictive exes out there. That is true. That's the potential for abuse. That's just kind of crazy. There's a ton of people, people are, people have the potential to be very vindictive and evil and to operate in bad faith. And you're just giving them this tool that they can use to against someone else, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's welcome to the state. I mean, that's this, but yeah, I mean, Spock's mom mentions kids getting kicked out of elementary school for accidentally packing their pocket knife. I mean, it's worse than that. You can get kicked out of school for um, making this symbol with your finger and pretending to shoot someone with your finger. You can get kicked out of school for um, cutting out something that looks like the shape of a gun. Um, my daughter, I'm pulling her out of school, but my daughter, the school that she used to go to, she was telling me, I didn't realize this. She didn't tell me at the time, but she told me a couple weeks ago that some boys had been playing and they got in trouble because someone interpreted their pointing as guns and she wasn't even sure they were meaning to use guns but they were just like playing and her school has rules that you can't have bad guys in groups so like you can't play like you're the bad guys and we're the good guys like because no one is a bad person and it's i mean schools have gotten absolutely insane absolutely insane granted we're in the bay area but still yeah AZ, AZ Gardner says, didn't the Soviets use mental health evaluations to silence dissenters? Yes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Government is the most dangerous weapon. That's the thing. Honestly, that's the thing that clicked for me eventually, which was the understanding of what government is fundamentally. It is the use of force. That's what it is. It's the one institution that we give permission to shoot people. Like they're the people allowed to initiate force. That's what government is. There's no, there's no other real definition. It's the, it's the legitimization of the initiation of force. That's it. Um, and that really changed my mindset when I realized that. And it was like, oh yeah. Cause people talk about, people conflate the word power with things, right? They talk about corporate power and political power. And like, those two are very different, you know, corporate power, unless they're doing something actually physical and sent, you know, hiring a mercenaries out to shoot you, right? Corporate power they only have the power to not interact with you voluntarily. Like that's it that they have. They, they have the power to advertise to you, to charge what they want. You know, they can, they can do things that are mean. They can say mean things about you. They can't throw you in jail. They can't shoot you. They can't take your stuff by force. Political power can, that's the difference. Political power is a gun. That's what it is. Um, which, which I think is, one of the reasons that I support having gun, I mean, I think the second amendment protects the first. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but you know, when we lose the second amendment, it's going to be very, very, very difficult to fight back over anything. And of course, authoritarians know that that's why they all grab guns. That's why they, it took me a while to understand that the second amendment is what reinforces and protects the first. And I, yeah, I, did, I didn't get that for a long time. I was looking for, you made me think of a, Oh, here it is. Sal the Agorist, who we had on, we did an interview with on, on Safe Space. If you guys haven't seen it, you should go check it out. It was, it was really interesting. He tweeted yesterday, what you say, I support gun control. What you mean, the government, despite being the most murderous entity man has ever concocted, ought to have a monopoly on firearm ownership. Right. That's, that's what that means. Yeah, Sal is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love Sal also. Um, yeah, that, that's what it means. Um, and by the, so someone just mentioned Soviets had Spock's bombs. Soviets had family members and neighbors telling on each other. Yeah. Um, so did, so did obviously the Nazis. And I just watched with my daughter recently, um, the movie swing kids. Do you remember that movie? Um, I, think so. I remember, I don't, I didn't watch it, but it sounds familiar. It's a movie that I really like and, uh, full dork disclosure. Like at the time the movie came out, remember the, the swing dancing culture was like a thing. I was totally in the swing dancing culture. So I love so, swing dancing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to go to this spot in Philadelphia called the five spot, which was like an old speakeasy. And I had the whole fedora and did all the stupid stuff. I mean, it's fun. I was stupid, but whatever. Um, but when that, that movie is about uh, the swing kids in, in Nazi Germany, which was like a, an anti-establishment movement among youth uh, and appreciation for American music and culture and um, yeah, they also, one thing that was chilling to me in, in that, in rewatching it 
and my daughter, you know, pointed it out and, and noticed it as well, which is <laughs> you're telling on your parents, right? There was this, uh, you were, so you would, you would go to school and you would be encouraged to have something to report. If you didn't have anything to report that made you suspicious. So like what, you know, what subversive activity do you have to report today, Carrie? And Carrie can't be silent every day or else Carrie's suspicious. So you start looking for stuff to report and kids were reporting on their parents. And, you know, my dad said he doesn't agree with the war or whatever it is. Um, and that's kind of basically the social justice environment. That's, that's how they are, right? That's, 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 that's totally. the world of social justice. Yeah, it's, it reminds me. Carrie tweeted the wrong thing. Yeah, let's all pile on her. And then everyone becomes suspicious of each other and you you know, will tattle. It's like you go after, we've talked about this in the, in the knitting episode, you go after other people to keep the mob from coming after you. Um, but, but look, they're encouraging kids to do this. I mean, now, especially with some of the, uh, the stuff there, the, the uh, trans activists, the gender stuff they're pushing on children in schools. It's like, you can tattle on your parents now. And my parents don't accept my new gender identity. Like, I think that's where we're headed with that. And, and in, in Canada, they made it, they've changed a bill. They made it so that you, the state can take your kids away from you if you're not affirming their new identity, which is kind of yeah. crazy. And, and one rumor that I've heard in the Bay Area from people um, who've had to deal with this is the therapists that are supposedly helping kids who have gender identity issues aren't doing what you would expect therapists to do, which is help them work through their issues. They basically, they're basically only there to help with transition and they don't even want the kid question. If the kid questions it, they assume that it's the parent's fault that the kid is questioning it. And they're like, well, the parent must not be supportive. If you, how could you question this? Uh, you, you once thought you were the other gender, therefore you must be like, let's, let's get on, let's get on with it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Even Brave New Worlds didn't have this crap in it. Um, yeah. um, somebody says, or Jason says, we should talk to someone like Ethan Van Skyver or Richard Meyer about yep. the. I reached out to Ethan Van Skyver a while back, and he's one I didn't hear back from. I mean, some of these people again, like you should hit them up about our channel. I know well, you do. We'll reach out I again, though. Yeah. I mean, grow you know when we hit ten thousand, we'll reach out again right we'll we'll yeah. reach out i definitely want to talk to someone in the comic book industry about sgw's infiltrating i mean we have a whole list of things we still haven't covered that we're gonna have fun with some of these we, we also have an interview in the in editing with someone in the comic industry uh no no, no, no. we're talking he's talking about comic books oh oh comic books yeah oh um well we also we have talked to john de la rose who is not super deep into it, but he's he's widely hated because he is, I, I think, the most popular Hispanic comic. That's what his his words, most popular Hispanic comic. And I think he is. I think he's sells by far more than others, but he's conservative. Uh, and so they hate his guts and attack him constantly. <laughs> all the time. Of course um, they do. Yeah. And we, um, we have him on. And he, he actually lives locally, so we could have him on again. Uh, pretty so um, Spock's mom says, I see you saw this. Um, we should show people who just showed up. Let's show them behind the curtain at the videos, the demonetization that's already happened. Yeah, I'll do another behind the curtain. So, so here's some context. So remember, we just, uh, we just turned on, we just got the ability to turn on monetization. And so we have the, this list of, of videos and I went through and I, I turned each one on individually. I don't know if I could do it in bulk or not, but I didn't try. And I went through and I, I hit like turn on monetization and it turns green. And then um, I would get a few down and it was like this AI bot was chasing me, turning them all yellow, saying that they were limited because they were inappropriate for ads. So let me show you that. We'll just scroll through now for the people who missed it earlier. Um, so here's some behind the scenes of our channel, right? So this is yesterday's, we talked about mass shootings, limited. Uh, our conversation about fertility, limited. Mario Lopez, trans kids, limited. SJW knitting circles, limited. Babylon B and Snopes, limited. Baltimore, limited. Guns don't kill people, authoritarians do, limited. Uh, they let us leave. They they like the sideshow Bob one about the Mueller reports. Um, there's only two. So the first page has, we can see all these here. This first page has 30 videos. One of them doesn't count because we uh, sampled something and there's a copyright claim. And so it's ineligible anyway. So let's ignore that one. So let's say there's 29. 
And of the 29, there are one Google Stonewall Ted Cruz. So this is a report on Ted Cruz. Uh, sorry, a hearing that Ted Cruz presided over. And then the other one is Sideshow Bob. All the others are limited. Now, but I, Carter, you pointed out earlier, it's party would actually be a demonetization party. <laughs> but uh, you pointed out earlier, earlier, they don't do this to the legacy media. CNN can talk about mass shootings. They can talk about whatever they want. Their videos don't get demonetized. Yeah. Like, now, in fairness, um, I also we also noted that it might be my potty mouth. So they it might be language. Maybe dropping the f bomb gets you demonetized. So. I think what we'll do next time we have a super comfort, conf, uh, a super uh, controversial subject or something that we want to say that's anti SJW, which is basically always, well, I'll I'll clean I'll try and clean up my language. I know I should clean up my language anyway. I'll try and clean up my language, and we'll see if monetization sticks or if it's because I'm swearing. I think they they'll as long as I'm giving them reason. They'll just claim that it's swearing. So, yeah, maybe so it doesn't even have to be a controversial subject because I mean anything we do, they're not going to like. So let's just do the next video. We'll let's make a commitment to no f bombs. See what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tamara, uh, yeah, John's book is sixth on Amazon right now. He's he does really well, right? He's he's super prolific. Also, they, but they hate his guts. Um, thank you, Andrew. I I hope the quality is proportional to the percent demonetized. I'd like to claim that, but we'll see. If it's just dropping F-bombs, then that's probably not true. Um, oh, for Steaming Country, is number three. Yeah, I read that one um, for an interview with him. It was good. Uh, but yeah, and you're right. It is only going to be a few pennies. We're, look, we're not looking to monetize through YouTube. That's not the goal. It's it's really just to see. It's a symbolic thing because yeah. we knew, because we knew they were going to. Yeah. We monetize through our Subscribestar subscribers, and we have gotten another couple recently. So, uh, and you've got if you if you're there, if you're a Subscribestar subscriber and you're not in the credits, it's because you're not answering, uh, so you're not answering messages about what you want your name to be. So, and we're going to be doing Carter Show the mug at the beginning, but we have a mug for any subscribers who are subscribing at the uh, twenty-five dollar level or above. And it's a freaking awesome mug. I love it. And we'll do a different mug each year. And which I like that idea. We have like a collectibles. And then um, and then we have t-shirts. We have some funny, some cool t-shirts. And we have, uh, we're going to be doing, we'll roll out other things. We don't want to have too much in that shop at any given time, but we'll have a couple things at any yeah. time. And yeah. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, I'm excited because it's just cool to see people contributing even like a dollar a month because then over time that adds up and we'll get to shoot some stuff that has like higher production value, like something that's outside of this podcast room. You know, I want to get back at some point to doing comedy stuff, but not, not SJW comedy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Omara 67, the rule on the mug is, you got to subscribe. It's like the mug club. You can't buy it outright. However, I've said this before to people, so I'll say it quietly to you. We can't really stop you for subscribing for a month, getting your mug, and then switching to some other subscribe level. So that could theoretically happen. Uh, but um, technically, yeah, it's only for, uh, you know, the idea is to really kind of be like mug club. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like we've gone long enough, Carrie, yeah. and unless there's anything pressing we have to talk about. I don't want this to get super boring at the end. I really appreciate people in the chat. It's fun to talk to you guys. I kind of feel like we should do live chat, like chats like this more often where we just kind of don't come in with an agenda and we just talk to people because uh, I enjoy it. But <laughs> yes, I think you should as well. So the other <laughs> thing Mara, I was not going to mention, don't make me mention this publicly. I agree with you. You should. Uh, just keep it to yourself. Don't worry. Uh, you're not the first person that's thought of that. I've thought of it, and I'm just quietly. I don't want to advertise anything. <laughs> <like that. laughs> but yes, you should. I I agree. <laughs> not forgetting about you. So um, anyway, thank you, everyone. Uh, <laughs>
I guess SJ, so. SJW comedy is not funny, says Andrew. No, it's not. Well, yeah, it's okay. Comedy. Okay. Yeah. Occasionally, occasionally, I, yes, there were some of the, the comedians that I worked with and who I thought were hilarious at the time, who I still find certain parts of their routines funny. Yes. But for the most part, no. What, what happens is, um, and, and we have an interview we're going to be putting out soon when we talk about this with a comedian, but it's, it's when they put ideology above making you laugh in terms of priorities, am I here to preach to you or am I here to make you laugh? The minute that ideology preaching to you is more important than making you laugh, then they're reverse engineering the joke, right? To make, to make, they want to get the point across and then they're trying to make a joke to get their ideology across. Well, then the comedy suffers. And so that happens too often with SJW comedy. It's where they're, they're, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for, I posted, it was, this was on my personal Twitter, but I posted, uh, I did a little survey. I should well, get, I should get better at, at searching Twitter quickly, but I did a little survey on this because there was an article about, um, I don't even remember what it was about, but it was an article. Oh, here it is. Uh, here, I'll just, I'll just uh, put it up. So there's an article in the Daily Dot that assumed that the core function of comedy was calling out societal perils via jokes. That was the core function of comedy. And uh, granted, this isn't a scientific poll. I only had 34 votes, but 97% of people said, no, uh, it's to make people laugh, not to call out society. Yeah. See, that's an, that's an SJW's view of what comedy is. They've even gotten to the point where there's been articles that say, laughter's not the ultimate goal of comedy like like that that the ultimate goal is to challenge you know uh the patriarchy or whatever challenge existing ideas um some what was your job in sjw comedy i was a comedy manager so i represented comedians and then i was a producer so i helped to produce comedy um the biggest thing i got to produce was uh well, it was it was like well, I think of it as the first SJW late night show. It was called Totally Biased on FX, and uh, it starred one of the comedians I managed. And we were doing. I mean, I was so proud of it because I we were doing you know stuff about is our rape jokes okay? You know, we were doing jokes stuff about cultural appropriation. We were like the first SJW kind of late night comedy show, and then they all tilted that way. I mean, they were always left leaning. They just weren't explicitly. SJW. And then suddenly you saw a whole bunch of the, it, it is popular right now in the industry, that kind of comedy. It won't always be popular. There, there, there are trends, right? So it's, I think the next thing on the horizon is going to be a lot more fun, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how long woke culture can last, but Gillette lost a bunch of money. I don't know if you saw that article the other day uh, or Procter and Gamble. And so um, was it from, was it from Gillette's wokeness? I don't know, but the quote that I saw from the exec was basically uh, from the CEO was, "Well, it was worth it," which I which I think shareholders should be aware of. You've got these companies being run by people who say, "Well, we don't care about a mu as much about uh, our revenue and our profits as we do about being woke." So, time to sell your stock, uh, and a lot of you probably have stock and stuff you don't realize because you have four hundred one ks or whatever. Uh, get out of the woke companies. Help them go broke. <sighs> Alrighty. Uh, honestly, Portlandia does a great job of satirizing woke culture. Yes, it does. And by the way, I was just talking about this with someone the other day. I don't think you can make Portlandia now. Portlandia is hilarious. If they made it now, I think people would be like, hey, why are they? Look at this. They would call them right wingers. Who? who yes. was I was having this discussion with someone. Was it you, Car? They would, if they made Portlandia now, it'd be like alt-right show makes fun of <laughs> progressives they would call them alt-right yeah yeah laura by the way you're right i wanted to kind of play the footage i don't have it queued up so i, I can't do it live right now but there was this democratic socialist convention if anyone has seen the funded footage it's hilarious uh i i the i someone tweeted i retweeted this but someone tweeted out that uh this is the first conference ever where in which no one got laid because the the guy speaking, it was just so it was so pathetic. Uh, I saw I saw it all I about saw it. safe spaces and uh, you know don't talk to anyone like don't talk to anyone without a badge. Uh, some there's right wingers who 
want to get in here. Don't talk to anyone without a badge. It was just point uh, of personal privilege. Point of personal privilege. They say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's, it's so stupid. But you know, like honestly, that's a little bit to me. That's a little bit uh, comforting, and it's a good. I don't know. It's a good sign. Recognize that these people can't actually run society. Like, you can't function and be like that for long. Uh, they can live off of the wealth of previous generations, but they certainly can't run things for long uh, that way. So just try not to get caught up in it. <laughs> Don't be in their jurisdiction when they take control. <sighs> All right. Is it time? Uh, yeah, I just, I keep reading comments because everybody's so funny. I know, I know. <laughs> is that a point of personal white privilege? <laughs> it was, it was a point of, everything I do is a point of personal white privilege. So. Yes, comrade. Yes, it, yes, comrade. They, they, that's so funny to me, the way they use the word comrade. Um, they've done, they've been doing that. So actually you and I, back when we met, and I, I remember yes. because um, Amanda used the word, I don't know if you remember her updates, Yes, I do. We're comrades. And yes. that's when I first started going, ah, wait a minute. Do I really want to be hanging out with this person? Um, why is she using it? I thought she was using it ironically, but I don't think she is. No, um, they're, they're, it's they're, it's kind of an unthinking use of it, but they definitely, they haven't thought very hard about it, but they do think it's cool. And they, they don't have, it's not an ironic use. No. Yeah. No. They love, they love the idea of 100 million people dead last century. So They haven't uh, thought about that, though. So. Well, I think, I think before you go pushing a political system, you should probably think about that. So yeah. the jazz hands. The jazz hands are awesome. I agree, guys. Uh, are they better than snaps? Jazz hands? <sighs> okay. If we, did, if we did jazz hands, the camera would never switch to the person who was applauding. So it would be, it's a silent appreciation. <sighs> All right. I really, I feel like this is dragging on. It's guys. dragging. We got to go. I mean, let's be honest. The quality is decreasing. So yeah. goodbye guys. Wrap it up. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for turning. Thanks and thank everyone. You for, Have a good day. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thank you for pushing us into demonetization territory. We really appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Later. <laughs>